fundraising from the business sector, an insider's perspective. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Tiffany Benjamin. Tiffany is the CEO of the Humana Foundation, and she has an extensive range of experience as a funder in the business sector to nonprofit organizations. And we're so fortunate that Tiffany serves on the board of visitors at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Tiffany, great to see you again, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bill. So you have this extensive background on the funding side from the business sector. Just to get us started, what are some of those big topics of advice that you would have for fundraisers as they approach you and your colleagues in the private sector for funding? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, obviously, different funding organizations have different structures. They have different focus areas. But for corporate philanthropy, what I always tell people is to think about the composition of the board. Um, my board of directors for any of the corporate foundations I've worked for has been primarily comprised of business executives, right? Those are folks who think quarter by quarter. They think year by year. They think about financial measurements, outcomes, metrics, budgets. And so one of the things that I see um, sometimes funders miss or fundraisers miss when they're talking to corporate funders is talking about the data components of the work. Uh, business people like numbers. And so when you're talking to a corporate foundation, it's important to tell people, here's what our goal is. Here's how we will numerically match, match, match that, meet that, get that objective. And so that is one of the most important parts. I think the other thing that's important for corporate foundations is, again, you're uh, dealing with a lot of business people on your board. So simplicity is always key. So you have to be able to distill your idea into a concept that is measurable very simply, very quickly, and very efficiently. Businesses measure their results quarterly, quarterly results. Exactly. And, yet, and as you know, by also being so engaged in the social sector, we're not going to eliminate hunger in one quarter, right? We're not going to make sure everybody has stable housing in one quarter. Uh, and our business friends know that too. Uh, how should nonprofits be talking about their outputs and their outcomes then, both in terms of the programs, but also from their budget standpoint, because business people are business people and they also watch that financial bottom line? Yeah, I think um, your phrasing of outputs and outcomes is really the most important part, right? So you have to start off in the beginning by telling people, here's my goal, right? Here is exactly what I want to achieve from a quantitative and a qualitative perspective, um, and here's how I plan to get here so that you are embedding output milestones into the process. And I think it's really important to acknowledge at the front that we're talking about really complicated issues. You're talking about the unhoused, you're talking about something that didn't happen in an hour, so you're obviously not going to solve it in an hour. So as long as you acknowledge that, but then can identify the key indicators that will tell people we're on the right track or we need to pivot, that's something the business community values. And I do think that level of agility is another really important part of this discussion, right? So the, the milestone should be in there to say, if this happens, we'll keep going. If it doesn't, we will consider a pivot. And you need to have ideas about what the pivot can be as opposed to, if this happens, we will just stop, right? It's important to see that you have a vision that shows agility, shows that you can adapt based on market conditions, based on the needs of the world, based on sort of the ongoing philosophy and academia in your space. So be clear about the description of your program. Uh, be uh, very direct about the data associated with your program, especially the outputs and the outcomes. Uh, and keep this very simple as a business folks uh, are looking at a lot of these proposals while also 
running their companies and, and their corporations. Tiffany, one of the questions we receive is how do I know who to talk to within a business or a corporation? We can even think about our, our family-owned hardware store. Is it the owner? Is it the owner's significant other or spouse? Have they turned that over to the kids? Is there an employee committee, let alone in a corporation? Is it the CEO? Is there a foundation, as is the case in Humana? Again, unlike a you know private foundation where there's a program officer and that's it, let alone an individual donor, I know the individual donor, what advice do you have for folks trying to find that right person within a business? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is it's never easy and there's not always a one right person. Um, in particular, if you think about larger corporations, uh, they have corporate budgets, but then they often will have people who are focused on philanthropy. Sometimes those philanthropy people are actually part of the business and sometimes they're part of a foundation. So I think the most important question for someone who is a fundraiser is to ask primarily, where does your funding for philanthropy come from, right? Does it come from your company? Does it come from your foundation? And it's okay to talk to several people at an organization. So you can talk to the corporate responsibility team at an organization, and you can talk to its foundation if they're different. You can talk to an individual business unit about specific things related to their health business, and you can talk to their foundation. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're being transparent about the people that you're talking to. So if you talk to me um, and you talk to Bill, you have to make sure that you've told Bill, you talk to Tiffany, and you have to make sure you've told Tiffany that you talk to Bill. But otherwise, I think the more connections you can make and the more questions you can ask about who's the right person, um, the better. And the other thing in fundraising is I think it's important to talk to a lot of people within an organization because, frankly, you can figure out what the organization cares about and what it doesn't care about, um, how they're driven, what their mission is, and more people, the better for that. Honestly, it makes whatever you're presenting to the ultimate funder even more successful. Tiffany, I'm also curious about timing. Businesses, of course, budget everything. They're watching that bottom line and watching their expenses. And we also know that they can budget their charitable giving. When are these budgets designed from one year to the next? And does that affect the timing that's more ideal for nonprofits to pursue a charitable gift or sponsorship from a corporation? Yeah, so it varies. Um, some foundations, um, my current foundation has an endowment, right? And so if the corporate foundation has an endowment, they've got a bucket of money that's sitting there. So the timing of budget approval is um, infrequent. Some foundations don't. What I would say is you can ask people at a foundation what is their cycle for funding their, their foundation. They may or may not tell you, but what I would say is in general, corporate foundations operate sort of following the corporate year. And so it's a calendar year primarily. So the budget usually gets approved. I think for funders, um, the things they care the most about are their board meetings, right? All foundations have board meetings. And so if you are a fundraiser and you're trying to figure out when you can interact with a funder to actually get funds, it's more important to know what their board cycle is versus what their, their financial funding cycle is. Um, and so I think that's a really important question to ask a funder at a corporation, which is, you know, when does your board meet? How does the board approval process work? Um, and what are the timelines you anticipate I need to meet in order to be considered for a grant? And there just might be an happening, and this has occurred to me in my fundraising career, where the business says, we love your idea, but we've already done our budget for this year, so come back next year, right? Yep. And so that can feel a little bit sad, but at least I know I've started my fundraising for next year because at least I have that initial interest. Exactly. And honestly, 
I mean, if you're really committed to something, you shouldn't be living year to year anyhow, right? <laughs> you should be thinking about the longer term strategy. So even if you hear this year won't work, all that means is that someone said, you have a good idea <laughs> and come back next year. So just use that time to build more data into whatever you're proposing and that time to get a better understanding of what that organization needs and come back even stronger the next year. Tiffany, what about the exposure that nonprofits can provide to their business funders? And obviously businesses are funding for altruistic reasons. They care about their communities. They care about their employees. They care about the communities where they serve. And yet they're also in business to be successful in business and their philanthropy can help them with that, whether it's with customers, whether it's with exposure to the government, you know, just all sorts of ways that businesses can receive positive exposure uh, through their philanthropy. What advice do you have for fundraisers in that regard in terms of the kind of public relations exposure that they can provide to their business sector funders? Yeah. So first of all, corporations have employees. And so the philanthropy people are often thinking about ways in which they can get their employees engaged in community service, frankly, because it drives value for the company and it promotes team building. It promotes a really positive culture. So I tell fundraisers, if you can find a volunteerism component associated with your grants, then you have a better odds of getting something with a corporation, right? Because we are thinking about how do we engage our employees? I think the other thing corporations often care about is how we are going to talk about the work, right? So we need to be able to talk about it as it fits into something that makes sense for us as our foundation brand. While the brand is distinct from the corporation, it still has to logically relate to what the corporation does, right? The Humana Foundation should be doing things that people say, oh, that makes sense that the Humana Foundation does. Um, and so there's a little bit less of this, I could just do this over here or that over there. It needs to make sense for who the, the brand is. And so you need to think about how you can make sure that whatever you're proposing makes sense for the brand of that foundation. Tiffany, I know you're focused primarily on the Humana Foundation, but I'm just curious, what does your crystal ball say about giving from the business sector, you know, throughout 2022 into 23? I know there's so many wild cards out there with inflation and world events and wherever we are with the pandemic at any given day, week or month. Uh, so again, we're not going to pin you down on this, but I'm just kind of curious if you just have a feel, a vibe of where you think business sector charitable giving is going in the next couple of years. Yeah, I actually think it's a great and exciting time to be in corporate philanthropy. One of the primary reasons is a few years ago, there was an increasing focus on our ESG goals, right? Environmental, social, and governance goals. And so now a lot of companies are talking about purpose, who they are, what they value, because shareholders expect them to do more than just make money. They expect them to be part of the broader community. And so there is now pressure from people who invest in those companies to focus on who you are and what your purpose is. And the other thing is with COVID, we've certainly seen what they call um, the great, whatever you want to call it these days, whether it's retirement or reinvention or people going to different jobs. And so talent acquisition and talent retention has become even more important. And one of the ways that you attract and keep talent is by having a really clear culture and making sure everybody understands that they're part of something greater. And so what I think that means for corporate philanthropy is you'll see an even more engaged corporate philanthropic wing. You'll see a lot of people with a lot of energy, a lot of willingness for innovation and ideas. Um, and I think I think corporate philanthropy is really in a, in a bright spot where we'll see a lot of growth. And we saw in Tiffany's last two responses, a lot of emphasis on employees and employee relations. And I can tell you, as we teach at the fundraising school, 
the Giving USA data that our school publishes every summer shows that about two thirds of charitable giving from the business sector can be understood somehow, some way in terms of the employer's relationship with employees. That employee recruitment, retention, and morale are a key theme through a huge section of business sector charitable giving. You can see why we're so fortunate to have Tiffany Benjamin on our board of visitors at the Indiana University Lilly Family School Philanthropy, uh, where she is also quite active leading this as CEO of the Humana Foundation. Now, what Tiffany touched on here today uh, is embedded throughout our course fundraising from the business sector. That's one of 20 public courses that we have leading to four different certificates. Uh, we're now teaching in person more and more throughout the continental United States. And we continue to have a strong presence online, both with recorded courses and virtual live courses. And of course, if you're taking our courses online, they're available anywhere across the world, which is also true of our custom training, where we can design courses specifically for your nonprofit organization. We have quarterly webinars, and of course, these free podcasts that come out every week. And all that is supported by the new Achieving Excellence in Fundraising textbook, edition number five, and the textbook and our courses, all of this information is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Our producers today are Jennifer Boffman and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.